Hey everyone, welcome to the Mass Construction Show. I'm your host, Joe Kelly, and this is the podcast about all things construction in Massachusetts and beyond. Welcome to part two of our episode on mass timber construction with Peggy Clouston and Alex Schreier. If you haven't heard the first half, feel free to go back and start start there, especially if you're unfamiliar with mass timber as a construction type or, or what it even is. Um, but in this episode, we're going to pick up the conversation with the question everyone wants to know. What does it cost? Enjoy the show. Now, the reality is we can sit here and say how great it is. And I'm driving up here and thinking, oh, wouldn't it be cool if I had if I had money someday, I could build a house like this myself, <laughs> right? Build a CLT but, house, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the reality is where the rubber meets the road is, is cost, mm-hmm. correct? Sure. Um, I personally have tried to look um, getting unbiased data and just good data is difficult. I know no one has the exact cost comparison, but do you guys have a sense or what would be a good, you know, what should people be thinking about in cost terms? Is this, you know, is it a premium? Is it... You know, is it cheaper? Is it does it depend, right? What what what's your sense about cost? <laughs> they looked at each other. The <laughs> people go listening, is that, that who wants to take this one? <laughs> no, neither of them want to take this one. So but who I, gets I, it? I, I can give you some some pointers on that because mm-hmm. cost. I mean, we all know construction cost. It, it has so many factors. Anything from uh, availability to to whatever you know, <laughs> which system you choose, and so on and so forth, and the whim of the market. Um, so, so it's, it, it, it's tricky and we've always been really cautious when it comes to, um, cost comparisons for, for these buildings. Uh, th- there are some, you know, kind of like big picture comparisons that we can make. So for example, our building here costs, uh, 52 million, that's uh, project cost, mm-hmm. um, and has 87,500 square feet, I believe. Um, there's a seal building going up across the street. It's a showcase building. It's the extension of the uh, Eisenberg uh, Business School. And that particular building is smaller and cost more. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so, so you can go do those kind of uh, comparisons. Um, and for but, people that couldn't see, uh, I only yeah. glanced at it out the window, <coughs> you would say, okay, well, you, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's of equal architectural yeah. I don't want to say significance, but it's a nice looking building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a pretty fair. Both both have some kind of showcase features. Yeah. I mean that building is round and we've got yeah. some exposed structure. Yeah. So so there's 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 I mean you could kind of compare uh, and and there are uh, cost comparisons out there. Um and and the the what it often comes down to is um uh repeatability. I mean this is like with any material that you build with, uh, as long as you can repeat things. Uh, cost goes down. So, mm-hmm. so if you have a floor plan that has even spacing and so on and so forth, you can really press the, the cost down. If you can keep the system simple, um, so for example, in our building, we used a glue lamp frame with a CLT uh, floor system. Uh, we weren't able to use wood in the wall assembly, so that's uh, non-combustible, so that, mm-hmm. that's basically steel stuff. But <coughs> that was because the code hadn't caught up at the time. Um, so if you have a building that's, for example, only using CLT, 
then then you may be able to drive cross down again. You know, mm. there's some hotels we talked about it earlier. There's some um, examples I think uh, on the Woodworks website and some other places where 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 they're really doing cost driven uh, projects. Uh, in in what? In yeah, it, it's a. And you mentioned you can drive the cost down, and primarily because of the incredible construction <coughs> time, um, being yeah. able to put these uh, towers up. Basically, uh, the first one being Stadthaus in the UK. I don't remember the exact. <laughs> uh, nine stories in maybe five to six weeks with four or five construction workers. That speaks volumes to con contractors who are looking to save time with the crane on site, for example. Absolutely. I mean, I just recently heard, and I don't recall the building, but um, the, the problem became that the trades weren't prepared for the speed at which the structure went up. Mm -hmm. So the... Structure ended up being three months ahead of schedule, okay. right? But they came in only a month ahead of schedule because the rest of the follow-on trades just weren't mm -hmm. prepared, prepared for that influx, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's interesting. I mean, talking about sub-trades is actually a really interesting point, even with our building here, because, I mean, we can look up in this room here and we see the light fixtures attached to the ceiling. <clears throat> now, all of a sudden, sub-trades... Uh, have a different uh, way to work with the material and it's typically much easier to screw into wood than into any of any other material and so so uh, things can get a little faster that way too um, yeah. and but but what's important is that um, uh, these subtrades I mean of course the construction manager as well but but then these subtrades need to understand the material they're working with and uh, Wood, like any material, has its idiosyncrasies, and mm -hmm. like I said, you know, you can speed things up or you can do big mistakes as well. You know, <laughs> and so so it's uh, uh, educating um, everybody on site is a really important part. Yeah, I think something interesting to point out with your comparison, which is <coughs> you're building with a new product, buildings about the same size. This one ended up being cheaper, mm -hmm. but that was. The first time for everybody it building was a it, essentially, steep learning curve. right? Yeah. So what happens when people get familiar and be, really become productive? Mm -hmm. That's I think where you can really start to capture more cost. Mm -hmm. And then one other interesting point about um, when you talk about fastening that light fixture above mm -hmm. us, um, there's a new silica sta silica standard that OSHA has put out. Mm -hmm. Silica is a hazardous material, and you're going to have someone drilling into concrete. To anchor this that light fixture versus you screwed it in with a screw gun mm -hmm. and hung it from the ceiling off of it's hanging from airplane cable mm -hmm. so uh, there's that too right where now you're yeah. taking away silica which is a major issue and respirators needed and vacuums and things to wet down i mean you guys have a fair amount of concrete in this building mm -hmm. yeah. but in that case all these all your all the ceilings or the underside of slab is, is all wood Right. Mm -hmm. so it's and we, we wanted it exposed too, which which may not be what everybody wants, but but we wanted to see it, and it, you can you can you know, <laughs> it looks beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> and and so yeah. Yeah. So in in fairness, to make sure we're talking about both sides, um, I this read this week read a study by DPR, the construction company, um, Hickok Cole, who I'm not familiar with what they are, and then Erupt, the engineering firm. Uh, they did a study where they tried to do a cost comparison and they came out with wood being about $8 per square foot 
more expensive. Mass timber, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I didn't get a chance to actually, they didn't give you the study, so they don't give you all the data. It was just an article about it. Um, but what are some of the variables that can make that number change? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think about, um, interestingly, I'm looking at a project right now that's using CLT to extend two floors on an existing structure. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. We haven't talked about it yet, but it's much lighter mm-hmm. than steel and concrete. Mm-hmm. So you might say, okay, from a cost perspective, it might be cheaper to throw steel on top of that building and metal decking and pour concrete. But what would it cost you to go and drill micro piles or whatever in the basement to beef up the foundation, all that? So I know there's a lot. What are Mm -hmm. some of the things that are variables when it comes to trying to figure out cost? Mm -hmm. Both good and bad, right? Um, Well, just back to your point of the foundation um, with the lighter material, um, many architects are pointing to wood for high-rises in densely populated um, urban centers because the foundations can be significantly less, so there's definitely cost savings in not having to build as deep or with the piles. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, one, one thing that we saw, that we did in our building too, which again, may not be what everybody wants, but, but this concept of structure equals finish uh, is one thing that we did where um, the columns are all exposed and there's no finish on them because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's nice wood finish mm-hmm. and and so um, you have the opportunity to do that of course and you can create a fairly bare bones uh, building where we're uh, you know you don't have to fireproof you don't have to add finishes and then you can you don't need ceilings you don't we're need in a ceilings. Room with no ceiling right yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. And you can actually get the floor CLT. is the ceiling yeah exactly and then if acoustics is an issue you can actually get profiled uh, CLT where the uh, or, or or other wood products you know there's there's dowel laminated mm-hmm. uh, timber too which has acoustic profiles on the bottom so there's, there, there there's all of that that can be taken care of with proper planning but mm-hmm. Um, you can keep costs down that way. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're in this room having this conversation. Yeah. Uh, sound does not appear to be mm-hmm. an issue to me. No. I don't know if it is to you and probably the folks listening, it doesn't sound echoey or, or no. bouncing or anything. Well, yeah. wood is a hard surface, so there are areas in the building, like <coughs> the classrooms, where we have drop ceiling, acoustic tiles, so that, you know, yeah. it, the, all of that is dealt with, just like it would be for a concrete structure, <laughs> needs to be considered. Hmm. And what's interesting about that is that, to some extent, uh, it, you know, because we now have exposed pipe runs in this building, which basically is what we wanted. This was this goes back to that, you know, Peggy mentioned earlier, this, this owner's project manual, um, where, where we requested things, uh, we teach building science classes, you know, we want to have our students understand how water flows through a building, mm-hmm. <laughs> for example. And, and so for us, it was really important to expose those. But but nevertheless, once you uh, start um, reducing, uh, you know, taking ceilings out, basically, then, then all of a sudden you need to make sure, or your, your, your subcontractor needs to needs to do a good job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So and, mechanicals and a, a need to look thing. nice, essentially, yeah, exactly. right? Exactly. Everything is visible then all of a sudden. And, and one thing that we found is that sometimes switches and so on are noisy because they're meant to be hidden behind a ceiling. And so mm. so those kind of things um, just need to be planned. You know, right. you just need to spec the proper things. Yeah. But then on the positive side, if I need to 
access that valve that I'm looking right at there. right just, now. Just, it's right there. Just crank it. <laughs> so I would say from a maintenance perspective, I'm probably thrilled if I'm handling maintenance in this building, right? Um, yeah, exactly. So, so just one thing yeah, again, so. since we're talking about ceilings, that, that the building code threw at us was uh, concealed spaces. Um, and uh, so as far as I understand it, wherever we have a drop ceiling, we needed to sprinkler the concealed space above that. And um, because it's combustible construction, they want the concealed space. Yeah, yeah. Quickly through yeah. Yep. open areas. Okay. Um, so one of the places where you have some cost savings <coughs> that might not be obvious, like we talked about potentially not using a ceiling, mm -hmm. um, less foundation mm -hmm. massing just because you have a lighter structure, so you need less. Um, uh, time for crane on site if it's um, prefabricated construction. Off-site construction is even better. Uh, lots of conferences on the go these days talking about how to build modular and, and carry to the site and again reduce construction time yeah that, that's excellent because you talked about what six weeks or whatever for that for that uh, Stadthaus yeah yeah think of impact on a neighborhood in a dense urban urban environment oh, yeah. right the, the price. disruption to the community that's yeah. a huge saving but not in terms of cost but people's <laughs> welfare yeah yeah, so impact on the community goes way down when mm -hmm. you would get the structure up in six weeks versus mm -hmm. double, triple that, yeah. right? Um, and I would imagine just even the amount of workers in traffic. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many iron workers do you need on a raising gang? Mm -hmm. And then I always love the iron workers' terms. They have the bolter uppers, right? <laughs> yeah. And then you have the guys doing all the metal decking and like that's. Yeah. You've got substantial crews. Oh yeah, um, no, and it's it's interesting. I mean, using CLT slabs for the floor is it's a really interesting um, uh, way to go for for a variety of reasons. So so one thing that that uh, because we have a, a glue lamp frame that's roughly on a twenty five foot grid where there's perimeter glue lamps and then on top of that sit uh, these eight foot wide uh, CLT slabs. Um, you get a floor very quickly, and that goes up pretty much at the same time as the, the, the rest of the structure goes up. So we, we've got a few time-lapse videos that, of course, we can't show in the podcast, but yeah. <laughs> or maybe you can post them somewhere. Yeah, if you um, send me a link, I'll show uh, Where the whole floor goes up very quickly, and at that point, you know, the column surfaces are done, the final surfaces are done, the ceiling undersides are done. Um, and, 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 and you get all of those savings. Another comparison to steel is for steel construction, you typically have cross beams every 10, 15 feet because of decking span. Um, we don't have that here. We basically, and we can't see it in this room here, unfortunately, but you've got longitudinal uh, glue lamps that run the length of the building, but then across there's really just this CLT surface there. So you can now hang your HVAC much higher you may be able, you know, if your plan is right, of mm -hmm. course, but, but you may be able to gain floor-to-floor, -floor, um, you know, construction, uh, reduce height, yeah. that height, basically. Mm -hmm. and so, so there's... There so I'm just going to add on um, and plug my research at the same time there. <laughs> so those floors are not just CLT. They're five-layer CLT with four inches of concrete. Uh, and in between the concrete and the CLT is one inch of sound attenuation uh, foam or material. Mm. 
the, the key there is that the concrete is connected to the wood substructure with a metal connector. It's called a shear connector. Um, Alex and I researched this back in 2005 with a colleague from Germany to use a glued-in perforated metal plate, which is today really the go-to solution for co connecting concrete to wood. It's called composite action, and mm. by connecting the concrete, it engages it structurally and makes the floor much stiffer and stronger, in fact, than mm. not connecting it. So many times, timber structures, especially the old mill buildings, might have concrete just poured on top. And without connecting it to the wood, the concrete just cracks and becomes just dead load on top of the floor. Hmm. Why we could span those long distances, uh, you know, five, maybe even eight feet longer than just CLT is because of that technology. Hmm. So It just um, transfers the... It transfers, it makes the concrete, when it flexes, the concrete's in compression and the wood is in tension, tension. Yeah. and it becomes a composite, mm -hmm. uh, ultimately much stiffer, uh, less vibration in the floor. So again, back to making this a state-of-the-art building, showing people how to go forward with buildings, we didn't want the vibration or the echoey feel to those old mill buildings. We wanted to have an institutionally, what, what you'd expect from an institutional uh, st structure, a solid yeah. floor. Every floor feels like slab on grade. Mm. So, and, yeah. and that was our research, or, or we contributed to the patent on that connector. Hmm. No, it's a, good, it's a good point. You definitely don't get the feel of Bouncy. It's not bouncy. It's nothing's creaking. No, nothing. You can jump up and down on this floor here and it'll feel like slab on grade. You know, mm -hmm. it doesn't even do these subtle vibrations. It's it's very, very stiff. Mm -hmm. um, and it was interesting during construction because we, we got to walk on the floors before the concrete, concrete. was poured. And, you know, I mean, being being engineers, we like to jump on those floors because that's what you do. Yeah. <laughs> and, and just see, you know, how, how it vibrates. And clearly, uh, wood alone, of course, vibrates. Mm -hmm. But but then once the concrete was poured on top, it was such a difference. And, it's, and it it's helped a, us actually with uh, through floor sound attenuation yeah. by being able to put that one little layer of uh, sound material. Yeah, sandwiched in between. In between, yeah. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. So it might be helpful for some folks, uh, speaking of plugs, but I'm not plugging it to put people <laughs> there. But um, if you go to massconstruction.org, I wrote something up on mass timber, and I have picture of the composite floor that Peggy's talking about if you want to go uh, look at it um, that might be good to read if you're if you're not 100% about all the terms we're talking about either um, and then also I did a quick little 15 minute podcast about what mass timber is so when we're talking about cross laminated timbers if you're not familiar with that is um, it might be helpful to rewind and, and try that again um, but I'm a little obsessed with um, pulling it off without concrete. Mm -hmm. um, I get that the end product here is probably better. Mm -hmm. um, that's I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but um, this is an academic building, so lo long spans is really necessary. You don't want columns in the way for viewing, but for dormitories or shorter spans, mm -hmm. it's very doable. Just yeah. CLT. So you do just CLT, you shrink up the spans, mm -hmm. 
you don't get the deflection. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you were able to go that model, because what was it? Um, what is it? Vancouver, uh, Vancouver, British Columbia, the dorm they did, Brock mm-hmm. Commons. Yeah, Brock Commons. Um, so they did a dormitory, lots of walls. Mm-hmm. As 18, well. stories. Yeah. 18 stories. 18 stories. <laughs> because um, I think about it from the perspective when we're talking about costs and variables, impact in neighborhood. Imagine not having a concrete pump truck. Mm-hmm. Okay, because think of the impact on the neighborhood with concrete trucks queuing up, the noise, the exhaust. If you, for everyone that's listening and you're all in the construction business, you well know if you're pouring concrete, they want to start as early as possible. Mm -hmm. So you're having this battle with the city that you can't start till seven. You've got concrete guys out there six making a lot of noise, sometimes in residential environments. The pump, pump truck isn't quiet either. Never mind just the engine itself, but then the boom, boom, <laughs> boom with a pump truck, right? Or the metal on metal deck. Um, if you can go to like a Brock Commons where you don't, I don't know if they have concrete or not, but if you go to a building that doesn't have, you pull that concrete element out of there, I mean. Well, and the other thing with concrete is, too, if you build a building like this, you will have to then protect the columns, for example, because they're already in place. And uh, as we know, concrete's messy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So during construction, you will have to protect the f- surfaces that are finished already. So mm-hmm. so if you can get around that, then the, that's that's a possibility. And and there are buildings in Austria. There's the Life Cycle One Tower, I think it's called LC One, mm-hmm. um, which uses a precast wood concrete composite over a thirty foot span. And so they also have a, a glulam type frame system or column system at least. But then the floor slabs uh, in our building are, are basically CLT slabs and then the concrete is side cast. Theirs was a precast concrete wood composite that okay. was then that's lifted into place. Yeah. Really? So if, if that's a, you know, I mean, then you have to precast them somewhere, of course. Mm-hmm. But, but transport it. And transport it <laughs> becomes another issue. Yeah. Okay, because for a second I wasn't even understanding what you were saying. I was about to, I was waiting for you to stop so I can go, what do you mean? Like, what, what is that? But I, I get it now. Uh-huh. So, I mean, just like, and for people that are listening, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm making assumptions I've never seen one built. It's similar to precast concrete slabs, right? Mm -hmm. They're panels that come up and you Mm -hmm. set them. You just set them in place. That's right. Fasten them down. Um, Another point that came to mind when you were talking about concrete uh, that's special to this building is the shaft walls. They're made of CLT, seven-ply CLT. Mm. So... um, Frequently, and in Brock Commons that you just mentioned, the 18-story structure, um, those uh, elevator shafts are there for seismic and wind resistance, and they're all concrete because it's 18 stories. Mm. It, it really probably should be. Um, yeah, concrete. I was about to ask you, can you can you do elevator <laughs> but shafts? But our four-story, um, yes. So it, it it's still um, in the hands of the researchers somewhat. The codes haven't adopted the um, R values for ductility for wood or CLT walls, and so there's some question about using it in shear wall design. Mm-hmm. But with our structure, there was a variance, and um, we, we were able to get um, four shaft walls to take care of the north side of the building for wind and seismic. And here on the south end is those beautiful glue lamp braces that you mm-hmm. see exposed. Um, the benefit to that was, and we watched it um, on the video cam, when the 
shaft walls were being uh, installed, it took two days to create a shaft uh, for the elevator, for the stairwells. The massive sections of CLT and on this side of the building, you can imagine they're 12 inches thick by eight feet wide by 60 feet long. Wow. The manufacturer, uh, Nordic uh, Engineered Wood Products, the sales guy, or, or I should say director of sales, he said, this is the longest we've ever transported from <laughs> northern Quebec. <laughs> wow. But um, it was one solid piece set in place within minutes, and another comes beside it, all temporarily set in place, but within two days, a shaft wall is there, a shaft um, It was what, square. 40 something feet long, I'm guessing? Right? No, four four, actually it's four stories, so it just almost reaches the height of the building. There has to be an additional, um, because it goes to four stories, three stories on this side, four stories on that side, mm. uh, another 10 foot piece that had to be connected vertically, which is wow. another kind of challenge in itself. But um, for a concrete shaft, you can imagine you have to build the Forms. wood structure, yeah, yeah. the formwork yeah. for the concrete, have it uh, cure, which is a 28 day process. Yeah. Uh, it can, you know, cure Strip to it. strength, take it yeah. all off. Yeah. It's a much longer and uh, time-consuming kind mm. of process. So there has to be time savings in going with CLT shafts. Yeah. Even for, for, you know, short buildings, if you compare it to uh, a block um, shaft, you know, mm. this is not hand-laid. This is <laughs> a big yeah, panel stand that up comes the panel. and it's done. Yeah. And, and then um, one thing that we haven't mentioned is a lot of, um, connections in this building are really just screw connections. Uh, what, what's amazing about these mass timber um, pieces is that often you just screw them together. Now, mind you, the screw is two feet long, has a full thread from beginning to end, is, is very beefy and requires a high torque uh, screwdriver. But, but other than that, it's, uh, it, it's amazing how, because you can get very tight, tight connections this way and it's very simple to install. We um, haven't even started on the connections right. in the building. <laughs> yeah, like some of the pin connections that were great. I'm going to try and share some photos of that Slotted later in today. Slotted steel, tight-fitting dowels, yeah. Yeah, and then one, I'll, I'll tell you, one of the things that really stands out is when you walk into the stairwell and the walls are exposed wood. Right. Yeah. Uh, like that's uh, kind of stunning to some degree. It smells like, good wow. too, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, it's, it was here. It feels like it uh, smells actually. Like a, like like a, a sauna. sauna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good thing. Yeah, it is. Really um, so if you're okay, I'm going to run a little long on this because there's still some more things I'd like to cover. Sure. I know you have to I, scoot out, but if you're meet, okay. Yeah, I have to go to my lab <laughs> and meet up with the tech guy. All right. So we are unfortunately going to lose Peggy now. Yeah. But uh, Peggy, thank you. I'll thank see you, you on the way out the door. Yeah, and you. Alex and I will keep keep going. Okay. See Thanks, Peggy. Thanks. Thanks. Um, mm-hmm. And I might even just end up splitting this into sure. two podcasts because uh, this is this is great. There's so much in this building that yeah. needs to be talked about. It is, it's a great learning opportunity and great, great... Uh, I mean, ultimately, the more people that see this, the more people can understand why it is so good. So so like to you know, yeah. kind of throw out an invitation for yeah. folks too to come by at any point uh, and even without a tour, you know, just, just check it out because often you don't believe it until you see it and 
you said earlier, you know, walk into this building and you'll like it immediately. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you only have to, and what's great is you get smacked in the face. Right when you walk in, mm-hmm. you hit some, you know, impressive trusses overhead and the atrium style mm-hmm. space with seating. And it's quite um, impressive. And what's crazy is we've just, we're just scratching the surface mm-hmm. right now, right? Um, so <clears throat> Suffolk built this building. Yes. Um, I'm assuming one of the struggles was trying to find somebody to install a product to mm-hmm. some degree. Yeah. Um, what do you know about that as far as how it played out? I'm sure folks would love to hear who did the install. Like, who, Is there people in the marketplace right now locally that install or are good at mass timber construction? What? Sure. What can you kind of tell me about that? Yeah, it's 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 really an interesting thing because we we saw the whole process. Also, the procurement was interesting. Uh, where, and and you know, I wasn't directly involved, so so uh, don't hold me to every single word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, <laughs> and hey, uh, you told me so, Mike Moore. If you're listening to this, and you're yeah, back in I Massachusetts know. anytime soon. Uh, you're coming on the podcast. I have a lot of questions. But exactly, ask Mike. Yes, he yeah. has all the detailed uh, answer. Yeah. Um, and he was great, actually. So, uh, you said that before. We, That's we why got, I mentioned his name. You said you were... A great big thanks to Mike because he um, was the super on the construction side and was, uh, you know, with open arms uh, mm. receiving all of our students. And, and there were lots of people that wanted to see this. And, and Suffolk actually did, did a great job making this an open and welcoming construction site, which was, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, usually not constru- it's not that... Uh, much of a given that a construction site would be that open for everybody. Yeah, um, and for good reasons, right? There's yeah, all oh, kinds yeah, of risk involved and everything. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. If someone's willing to take the time and make sure the risk is covered and make sure that's that's a lot of effort for them yeah. to open up the site to you. Yeah, right? and it's much appreciated from mm-hmm. our site, uh, very much so. Yeah. Um, so, so uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So, so in terms of um, the the whole process, even in procurement, because ultimately the uh, We've got two wood products in here. Uh, one one is cross laminated timber, and one is glue lam. And um, that could have been procured separately, of course. There are some companies that produce only one of those. Um, there's a glue lam. I think our closest glue lam product producer around here is Unilam in, in uh, New York State. Mm-hmm. But they don't do cross laminated timber. And and so uh, I think one of the drivers was that both were supposed to be procured together. Um, then there are uh, at the time there were less companies that were able to supply the material um, in North America. Uh, Europe has a bit of a leg up. There are uh, certain companies in Austria and Germany and, and the Nordic uh, countries where um, they're perfectly willing to you know cut everything up, produce the material, and ship it over, and then somebody has to put it together basically. Mm. So. So that, that was an option, and that was actually uh, one of the companies that bid on the, on this project was from Austria or Germany. Yeah. Doesn't uh, it have a heavy, I don't mean to interrupt, isn't there a heavy Eastern Europe presence in the market for some reason? There, there's that too, yeah. And, uh, uh, but, I mean, I, I'm, we're, we're closer to the companies in the uh, Germany-Austria realm, mm-hmm. you know, KLH and Binderhaus and all those. Okay. Um, but but there's there's a good amount of supply over there, and yeah. I mean that of course helps with the prices, <laughs> you know, because okay. um, uh, it being a reasonably new product around here is uh, you know you, you should you 
can availability can become a yeah challenge. And bidding right. is going to be an issue. So so then in North America we've uh, we were faced with only a few companies in Canada. There was on the West Coast Structuralamp, and on the East Coast Nordic. <coughs> and then uh, I think at the time Dr. Johnson on the West Coast in Oregon wasn't um, uh, available yet. I don't think they hadn't started up yet. So so but in any case so so. Um, that was supposed to be packaged. And as far as I understand it, that was supposed to be packaged with erection as well. Um, and, uh, but, but then, you know, again, the details to that, Mike Moore yeah. and, and others Got can it. most probably tell more but about it. Roughly. But, but then yeah. in terms of um, installation, one big worry that we had is um, the wood products, the, the columns, the beams, the, you know, the, the slabs and everything, they're manufactured at a very, very high tolerance. The material is completely dry when it gets cut, um, when basically the glue lamps get cut, um, when all the holes get drilled and so on and so forth. And so all of that fits together with, you know, like an eighth of an inch tolerance. Uh, mm -hmm. This building goes together like a piece of furniture. You know, mm -hmm. every pin fits perfectly. It's all CNC cut. You know, there's no... There's no adjusting on the construction side, actually. There's no cutting on the construction side. This, mm. this was, on the structural side, the interesting thing, there's no sawing or anything that you hear here, which you may know from residential construction. Well, I'm laughing because I'm thinking it's like Ikea. Yeah. You get, you get the furniture just, sent just, to you. Just and... bring the really big wrench. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And <clears throat> so um, having that precision, you need to have an erector uh, who, who understands that you know mm. you, you can't yank things straight basically and um, so uh, we wanted to have uh, an director who, who understands wood and um, there there were some issues along the way where uh, as far as I understand uh, it had to be a, a union um, uh, shop that, yeah. that leaves up a signatory to the carpenters exactly. so, so, so that would make sense played into that as well mm -hmm. uh, and ultimately um, the company chosen was uh, North South. I think they're out of New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. um, and what what we as the you know wood experts, because because we uh, as faculty as uh, we could say things, but we're not contracted by anyone yep. in this process. So um, of course, then you know they they don't. <laughs> but you have more knowledge than the contractor exactly in this that. case, because it's just. And that's no knock on the contractor. It's no, just, not at all. It's, no, it's just, and we we were offering everything, of course, but mm -hmm. but it, it's a hard one, and I fully understand that for them to you know listen to somebody who's not part of the contract cycle, basically. Yeah. Um, and so, to their credit, again, they hired a, a wood consultant um, to the erection uh, group, and they came from uh, Bensonwood okay. in uh, New Hampshire. And they're a firm, they have been doing timber frame forever and ever. They've done anything from small cabins, actually Thoreau's cabin, and, oh, <laughs> you know, Walton, okay. the pond, uh, all the way to, to larger um, buildings, the current mm -hmm. center, for example, here in Amherst. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I think that's a really crucial part, that there's somebody who can teach others in this uh, whole Process. group of contractor, subcontractor, and so on, uh, about the intricacies of the material. I mean, until everybody knows how to build this way, it, it, it's definitely necessary. Because okay. you can, it's like, like any material, you can do things very right, and you can do things You're very, very wrong. wrong. Yeah. Um, uh, but there's not the forgiveness. There, there is some forgiveness, of course, you know, we all know 
but <coughs> we've uh, with light framing you can yeah well probably a lot nail, of nail a it. bunch of more nails in there yeah. but but this building was designed that way particularly you know once you go into this heavy timber um uh, mass timber side it's pre-cut and it fits and you know there's mm. no no adjusting typically okay um i want to talk a bit just about the program here so mm -hmm. people understand it but is there anything as far as mass timber goes more that you think might be relevant for the audience to, to hear about i know we just like i said we just scratched the surface there's, I know. A, there's, a, there's a lot more i'd love to cover like yeah. actually seismic right um i've seen recently they've done a shake table mm -hmm. test yeah. on it and it actually what would you say about the performance did it perform better than steel and concrete or what was it did well uh, i don't remember how it compares per se but but um one big benefit for seismic with a wood structure is it's lighter you know uh, seismic forces are driven by by weight floor weight mm. and if your entire structure is lighter already then, then that's good uh there, there are some um you know the, these pagodas that we talked about earlier that yeah in japan <laughs> yeah, <laughs> been around for, i think for, they've had an earthquake before yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly one yeah. or two and so yeah. so there there are actually strategies to build uh, um seismic res resistant structures in, in wood. Right. Very well. So, a couple things. So, um, <coughs> I don't, uh, you know, I know you have a construction program out here. Mm -hmm. yep. I didn't know, you know, I know Roger Williams and Wentworth and their construction management programs and what, what is this program considered and what, like how would somebody understand what you guys teach right actually so what do you start let's start by what do you call it is it yeah exactly building so, construction so, and technology uh, I want to say, yeah right? building and construction technology is our program mm -hmm. and uh we're we're very much friends with roger williams wentworth all of, all of those schools we're mm -hmm. all uh members of the associated schools of construction mm -hmm. um meet <laughs> you know twice a year yeah um and uh what we teach here is basically um a, a broad program um and broad undergraduate uh, degree where uh, students come away with a solid background in construction management. They get all the you know <laughs> regular curriculum that's expected for that. Um, uh, but we uh, have a focus on sustainability that we like to really squeeze into every single course and every single um, aspect of our teaching. And so um, you know what we've practiced with this building here, <clears throat> we're also preaching. Yeah. <laughs> And, and so uh, building science is a really important part, um, building systems, HVAC, and, and how that contributes to uh, building sustainability. Uh, we've got several courses on that. Mm -hmm. um, materials, Peggy was uh, talking about, uh, you know. Materials testing. Materials and testing and, mm -hmm. and, and how green wood is and, and the aspects of that. Yeah, so all of that is in, in our courses as well. And so uh, students that come out of this program um, have, have a really great broad background on uh, not just the core of construction management, mm. but everything else as well. And, and our students are hired by all the big firms. So yeah. there's a nice list right there on the wall, you know, Consigli and all of uh, Gilbane. Uh, anyways, there's a long list yeah. <laughs> um, that, that hire our students. So, um, oh, oh yeah, Consigli, Turner, Whiting, Turner, Shamit, Suffolk. There you go. Yeah, yeah, so, I, got you. I couldn't find it at first. The then I found right it. there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But uh, and then we've got a great placement ratio and, and yeah. so it's a it's a hybrid of 
um, construction management, which would be scheduling, mm-hmm. estimating, mm-hmm. contracts, that type of stuff. Um, sounds it seems like a fair amount of design. Uh, in in or terms engineering of engineering type, engineering type design. So so uh, again, I guess teaching the uh, wood engineering courses and the, and the mechanics course. Um, so they get the engineering design side of uh, the field there, uh, and we've uh, got others, of course, that yeah. teach. The and then a heavy dose of sustainability. Uh, yeah, but sprinkled throughout. You know, sprinkled it's not like <laughs> okay. <laughs> so and now, uh, right down the street from me, mm-hmm. I noticed you guys have taken UMass has taken over. Mount Ida, what you see yes. in Mount Ida College. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it sounds like you guys are considering yeah, you know, stretching into that space and running some classes. W- what's going to happen there? It, it's an interesting opportunity for us, you know, mm-hmm. because um, many of our undergrads are already from Eastern Mass. Um, and uh, as we all know, <laughs> many firms are in the Boston area. And uh, the nice thing about Mount Ida is it's, it's of course, on, uh, in the out, outer ring roads of Boston and, and close to uh, a lot of firms that are out there um, mm. uh, in construction and, and, and subs and, and designers. Um, uh, and, and so what we see Mount Ida as is, is a good opportunity for us to reach out into the Boston market to be able to offer what's needed mm-hmm. over there. Um, right now we see it more as a continuing education, professional education uh, opportunity. Um, we've got a great undergrad program right here in Amherst and students are really happy here and you know this works all well. Um, mm-hmm. But but uh, there are uh, you know some topics that are of really good value for, for uh, professionals that they may not have gotten in their undergrad degrees that mm-hmm. is something that we can deliver over there. So this spring we're starting two um, CPE courses, one on construction law and another one on high-performance buildings taught by excellent teachers, and mm. um, they're starting in about two weeks. <laughs> oh, great, there you go. Yeah. So, so sign up quickly then. Exactly. Um, but it, that's early, right? You, mm-hmm. You've got some uh, aspirations for that to grow and to become a little more substantial than you know, two classes a semester. Oh, sure. You kind of yeah, see yeah. it. Um, and you, I think you mentioned you might want to bring on potentially full-time faculty. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're looking at um, soon hiring a full-time faculty member over mm-hmm. there and, and growing that part, um, possibly offering certificates. Uh, we do have a professional master's program already that um, mm-hmm. people can come in, you know, take 30 credits worth of classes. Here at UMass. Right here at UMass, oh, but that can be taken anywhere. So those courses over there could contribute to this professional master's program. It's it's in sustainable building systems <clears throat> and it's been very popular for, you know, with folks that can have the ability to take a year out of their uh, you know, life and go back to school. Right. It's not a part-time program, unfortunately, but mm-hmm. but it is, um, it's a good way to get this next, you know, degree that, that can lend you those other jobs. That yeah. you <laughs> Are you interested in hearing from general contractors or construction management or design, anybody in the AEC industry about what they would like to see? Because this could yeah. be a good adjunct for the firms if they want, you know, hey, we have our work, we have a group of employees and we'd like our workforce to be capable on this. Is that something you'd want to hear from folks? Very about? much so. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So if anybody... Um, has a need, has an interest, uh, is in that area. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's easy to reach. Uh, there's tons of parking there. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's good, good, good location. 
Um, uh, yeah, very much so. I, I'm yeah. very open to it. And I, I selfishly want it to grow because it's right, <laughs> right down the street from me, so that would be yeah. uh, convenient. It's a but, nice campus. It's, I was just there the other day, and there were some really nice spaces on yeah, it. Yeah, it's beautiful. But All right, Alex, I have monopolized a boatload of your time already, so... <laughs> I think we'll call it quits. Uh, I would say we could do this again, but I don't know if I'm a fan of driving uh, <laughs> out to Amherst to record podcasts, but um, I appreciate you spending all this time, and Peggy's gone, but I appreciate her too. So, all right. Thanks for coming out. Yep. Thanks, Alex. Thanks. Hey, everyone. Can't thank you enough for listening to the show. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. Hope you loved what you heard. Um, if you did, if you wouldn't mind heading over to SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, wherever it is that you listen and give us a rating. It would help us to get heard, which would be huge. Keep this thing going. Um, if you want to get more involved, head over to massconstruction.org. You can see what we do there. You can also connect with us on LinkedIn, Instagram, or Facebook, all from that page, whatever your medium is that you prefer. Uh, and last thing I got to say is thank you, thank you, thank you. Keep your hands away from me.